Welcome to Pastoring Out Loud, a podcast from South Cities Church. You might say South Cities Baptist Church. That's you, really what we are might. in Lakeville, Minnesota. <laughs> Learn more at South Cities. South Cities Church. Baptistic Church. No, Baptist. Well, we're here. If uh, you look that up, you will not find I don't a church have with that name. A, I don't have a random question. Do I have a random question? I don't know. What's your most annoying autumn pest? Is it box elder bugs? Hate those guys. They're kind of all around all mm-hmm. summer for us too. Are they? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, actually this is the time of year when no matter what I do, the mice always seem to find a way into my basement. Mm. Ooh, Did that they? happen already? Yep. Really? Oh no. Mm-hmm. What do you so, do about that, Nick? I set traps. Ooh. What kind of traps, Nick? Mouse traps. I don't know. <laughs> Live catch and release traps? No, per no, 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 no. Not that? No. You kill them? Yes, I do. I think we've had this question on the podcast once before. You ever killed two with one? No. You ever killed three with one? No. I have. Oh, wow. How? I don't know. <laughs> Are you having any issues with that? No, I'm not. Happens in a long time. You know why? Because I've been killing three with one. We we (laughs) cleared them all out. Wow. Doing just fine. You got any annoying pests at uh, the Frank Lloyd Wright house? No, (laughs) no, we don't. There's, we sometimes have mice that get into our garage a little bit, but that's Mm -hmm. not that big of a deal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Just kind of like, oh, cute little guys helping us with our Disney street cred. I don't know. Sure. Something like that. What about oh. you, Stacey? You didn't answer, did mm. you? Well, you did, if, I thought. If the leaves in my yard can count as a pest, oh, how about oh. that? Mm. Mm. Well, certainly pests reside within <laughs> the leaves. Yes. Yes. You ever had that happen where you're like cleaning up leaves? And oh, there's, there's a dead thing in there. In there. Or, not, you know, or live things. You ever had that? No. Okay. Right. Well, we're going to talk about these pesky little commands in scripture <laughs> called the one another for your joy, but they're for your joy. Yeah. yeah they are for your Just joy. Just can't take them anywhere. The, the one another's <laughs> of scripture. What are the one another's of scripture? Well, first off, there are commands in the Bible. Question mark. Question mark. <laughs> the 10 commandments. But I mean, don't murder. I mean, that's so passe. It's so like 3,000 years ago, right? No? Oh. So the Bible isn't just a whole bunch of news, but it's also commands. Yes. Okay. And then those commands sometimes are not just in relationship to God, but they're also in relationship to other people. Is that right? Just say yes. Yes. I feel like you're leading the witness. Of course I am. Of course I am. Objection. It's a sunny Wednesday for a change. I'm in a, I'm in a mood. Mm. So the, and then those commands, when they are particularized to a local church, like sometimes we see like plural commands. So many of the commands in the epistles are actually come as a plural, even though it doesn't always mm-hmm. translate it that way mm-hmm. in our uh, English translations. And then there's a bunch of commands, like 59 of them, I think, that are called the one another's because they say, verb one another whatever the verb is they're all over the place why would we do a whole podcast about the one another's of scripture Nick Dave Stacy 
I feel like it fits with where we've been in Ephesians because there are one another's in Ephesians. Are there? Mm-hmm. Mm. What are those? Bearing with one another in love. Speak the truth. Yeah. In love. Addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay. Yeah, so there's a few. A few in there. I think it is fitting. It is a, it's interconnected. Are there more commands than this? Like when we say in our church context, like, Here's what we should be doing to one another. Do we only look to these verses or are there other verses we look to? Yeah, I mean, there are other commands that don't have the term one another in them, right? That True. also <laughs> talk, talk about <laughs> our life together. True. So I'm looking in Romans 12. Uh, we can look in there a little bit. Deeper. Let's just pull out a few of these here in Romans 12. And you guys can you gotta, you can open up your Bibles and go to any others. I was just considering right before we got on here. Uh, you know, it's so often the case in Paul's letters that he doesn't issue any commands until after he's given a whole lot of theological reasons for the commands. Like in Ephesians, uh, he's really not issued any commands until chapter 4. In Romans, he's got 11 chapters of theology before he starts talking in terms of commands and Right away, we see in Romans 10, verse 12, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Or down a few verses, Romans 12, 16, live in harmony with one another. Uh, and then don't, <coughs> don't let us pass judgment on one another, 14, 13, uh, may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Jesus Christ. Uh, welcome one another, fifteen seventeen, as Christ has welcomed you for the glory of God. And these all seem to be within the context. I mean, is it fair to say uh, that these are within the context of a local church? Are there? Are there? Do we say that these also lie outside the context of the local church to some degree? What do you think? I think they're most acutely aimed at local churches. Okay. Certainly this kind of affection and maybe love for other believers in other churches is true, but probably I would kind of think of, you know, like, uh, yeah, jurisdiction. You know, I feel like I'm, I'm most responsible to do these things to the people in my local church. And then there's, probably circles, you know, that go beyond that, that I'm going to be less responsible to or even able to carry these out. Sure. So the people that you actually see and actually know. Right. This is more obligatory. Right. Okay. Um, So talk about that for a second. In the concentric circles of life, is there kind of a a way in which in principle these should carry? Or is it like by the time you get to people you don't really know on Twitter, Dave, mm -hmm. with your multiple secret Twitter accounts or whatever, mm -hmm. do you just, hey, you don't need to love people. Just safety off, let loose. Is that? I think it's unloving to be on Twitter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I should delete my account. 
Yes. yes. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> Isn't it called something different now? I'm <laughs> not on it. It's just so. called X. 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 You should, you should treat <laughs> X like your X social media account. Yes. That's Make fine. X your X social media account. <laughs> so you you yes. still continue to be loving in whatever sphere. Yeah, sure. You really should. Okay. Can you do the one another's of, with somebody who's on the internet? Probably. I just am not convinced it's a good idea anymore <laughs> to, to, to be in those to spaces. To be involved. To, yeah, to be you're in not those saying spaces. The, yeah. Yeah, yeah, to be Sure. You should always, you should always, uh, you should always treat people like they're made in the image of God and worthy of dignity and respect. Sure. Always. Sure. And love them in a way that's self-giving and kind, yeah. eager to do them good, compassionate, empathetic, but you shouldn't be on Twitter. Right. <laughs> I mean, the two greatest commandments, love God and love others. Right. And the one and others are just specific applications yeah, of love. Yep, yep. So uh, to the extent that you can do them with others. Yeah. And I do think that some of the, certainly the argument in Romans, and I think in Ephesians is more instantiated in like a yeah. local church. Yep. Like that this is like very acutely for your local church, uh, you know, welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you. Kind of hard to do on a keyboard. Right. I think, I mean like, like oh, a welcoming kind of spirit, but the actual like, welcome each other, mm-hmm. I think involves some bodily presence right. to some degree. Right. Um, certainly when you get down to the final one another in Romans, greet one another with a holy kiss. Yep. Like that requires, you gotta be, you gotta be in person for yep. that one. So is that one that we, uh, <laughs> do, do we at South cities follow that one? Of course. Okay. Try to obey all the commands. Yeah. How does that, how does that, how does that look? Uh, <laughs> I mean, culturally, <laughs> culturally, we don't kiss one another when we see each other. Maybe if you're anymore. in France or some yeah. European country. Yeah, Italy. I'm sure that would oui. be much more common. It just means greet one another with the affection of a brother or sister in Christ. Yeah. Whatever that looks like culturally. Yes. How would you greet? Your brother or sister? Handshake, maybe a hug, maybe a, you know. High five, fist yeah. bump, I've whatever. Turned, I've turned into a hugger, yeah, generally. Maybe a side hug. <laughs> Appropriate for a pastor. That's right. Okay. Um, that's what we do. That's why we, it's yeah. one of the reasons, like, yeah. in our worship services. Yep, yeah. I was just going to say that. Turn and greet one another. Which yeah. is not something that we've historically, that Bethlehem historically did. Right. Why not? I, well, go ahead. You're the worship guy. I'll let you take that one. <laughs> uh, it was just which value we're going to highlight on Sunday morning, yeah. right? So there's multiple values that are could be good to highlight in a service. For a long time, Bethlehem highlighted the transcendence and holiness of God. And so there was kind of an expectation of come into the sanctuary and be reverent. And we're going to go upward. We're going to go vertical, right, in our pursuit of God and his holiness and sovereignty. And that's good. That's good. Um, But we've kind of felt now in this season of life where we're at as a church, we want to also display, uh, in addition to loving the holiness of God, (laughs) uh, the, hey, let's welcome one another. We're in this together. We're a family. 
Uh, and so we're just highlighting that value now and both are good and neither are wrong. And that's just where we're at. That's how I'd say it. Are there other one another's of scripture that you guys are particularly like drawn towards think would be worthy of discussion? Like, just like you wonder what it means for your own life or you seek to obey it in your own life that just come readily to mind. I mean, maybe one thing I'd say in a, with just what we've been talking about, about these being for a local church um, is that obviously even in a local church, uh, you're not going to be able to do all these commands to every person in the same way. You know what I mean? So, however, the way I take it is, you know, I can't, like even as a pastor, I'm one guy. And so there, there are weeks where as hard as it is, I'm like, okay, I'm going to visit this person, but I'm not going to be able to get to that person. And I'm making wisdom calls as far as how that works. But what I do think it, it puts on me is, is like a burden to pray and to care, you know, genuinely. So that if I hear a prayer request from this member or that person, even if I can't get there myself, I think that I'm, I, I think maybe what I'd say is I ought to consider, hey, is there something I can do? Or, and if there's, and I can certainly pray. And then uh, for those that are closest, you know, in the closest circles, um, you know, then there's a, again, the obligation is even higher. You know, those people that we've joined in those things. Um, and I think one of the things I'm realizing about maybe the <clears throat> culture is that, I just think in Minnesota in general um, and just with our particular reality in South Cities is it relationships just take time to, you know, so that there's just a, um, yeah, so, so to, to consistently and faithfully lean in and know that it's going to take more people longer or shorter than you to want to enter into relationships and just given time for them to get where you are or, or vice versa, you know? Um, cause, cause we're, we're all finite and we're trying to figure it out with our various dispositions and personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me read a portion of first Corinthians 12, about one of the particular one another's. Mm-hmm. And then maybe let's riff on this for a minute in terms of what it actually might look like here in various contexts. So this is first Corinthians Chapter 12, verse 21, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weak are indispensable, and on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Mm-hmm. So uh, it seems to indicate, like, we're just taking Paul at his word, that in the same local church, <coughs> there is some way that the one another's care for one another can happen for everyone. Now, your church gets to be very, very big. That could be really hard to in any like legitimate way, mm-hmm. like actually do, um, which might speak to something about how big we make our churches or how, how we aspire to grow or other things like that. 
Do you think it's appropriate though also to say that there's just like, you can find smaller contexts where regularly you are doing more of the one another's of scripture in a consistent ongoing way. Things like, you know, Sunday schools, community groups, whatever else, like, Mm-hmm. What would you what would you say there? So not not excusing like the entire church can do this in some sense, but like that there could be smaller pockets where you're doing it more intensely or intimately. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely because I think it should be my disposition to do the one another's to potentially anybody in the church, but I can't practically do that to three or four hundred other people. Um, I can't do all these things. I'm. Like you said, I'm only one person. I was thinking of that First Corinthians 12 as well. I have to trust that there's other members of the body that can do the one another's to some of the other people. And to what your point or question was, Daniel, about other smaller contexts, I think that's a huge reason to have community groups and other smaller settings. Um, I'm just thinking about the life of Jesus. He had lots of followers. And he spoke to many people, um, but he had 12 disciples that he chose to spend time with and go around with. And even amongst the 12 disciples, he had three that he was closer with that he allowed, you know, revealed himself in particular ways to them. Mm -hmm. And so what does that say? Is that a pattern? Could that be a pattern for us as we think about just different, I don't want to say levels, like whatever, but concentric circles a bit? Um, Is that what is kind of in general, doable for human being. I think it's, you know, a a good kind of overarching thing is not all the time to all people, to every person, but some of the time to some of the people. And eventually you live in a place long enough to every person, um, eventually. Um, And I think it's really wise to have a smaller community uh, over a long period of time. Any other reflections on the topic? Any other places you would go in scripture? Well, this has been a fun little discussion. We're going to continue in Ephesians for the next few weeks. And then we're going to get to the apocalypse of St. John. There's going to be a lot of one anothering in there. What does apocalypse mean again, Daniel? Um, An unveiling. A, a revelation. Yeah, revelation. Yeah. Right. Yeah, a revelation. So we're going to talk about revelation. Great. <laughs> Looking forward to that. Thanks, guys. Thanks.